This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Embarrassment isn't a big enough word. Catastrophic is not a big enough word. There are a lot of big words you can use to describe what happened in Dallas yesterday, and they're all fitting today. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hit us up. We will get to some more calls this hour at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on the Cowboys, on what happened yesterday, and on what should happen with Mike McCarthy and with Dak Prescott. Joe, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, to see a day like that yesterday, to see a team wholly unprepared and get their doors blown off at home by another team that was fortunate to make the playoffs, it is unfathomable to me that anyone would consider not making major changes moving forward. And I'm blown away by the fact that there have actually been some people that think Jerry should not change it up completely. And and I, I, I mean, I listened to Dan Orlovsky this morning, and all I can think of is yes, yes, and yes. I restart everything. I was born in 1983. That's the most dominant and embarrassing loss I've seen the Cowboys have in, for a good football team. Just to put this game into context, so anybody that matters, like the most important pieces, I'm, I'm, I'm changing, changing it all. I'm changing it all. To put it into context, this game, okay? Because a lot of people are running from the truth in this one. This is the highest expectations the Cowboys have had in probably three decades. Rightfully so. Okay, this is a football team that had won 15 straight games at home. They were averaging almost 40 points per game at home. They had a quarterback who, rightfully so, was in the MVP conversation this year. They had a wide receiver who was in the Offensive Player of the Year conversation. They had three offensive linemen make all pro. They got a tight end in Ferguson who's one of the best young tight ends in the NFL. They got a guy in Micah Parsons who many people say is in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. They got 15 pro bowlers who's the second most in the NFL. And they got dump trucked. Yeah, well, they got their doors blown off. I'd say a couple of things. Number one, the loss earlier this year at San Francisco, I mean, I think we'd both agree, is a was a complete embarrassment. That was just a thorough beatdown in every way. And then number two, when he's talking about the highest expectations in 30 years, I don't know if I'm quite going there because I can think about a couple of teams, 2007 Cowboys at home, uh, number one seed, Romo and Witten go off to Cabo, and the next thing you know, they're losing to the Giants at home. I mean, there, there are other times, but the thing is, they got plenty to choose from. Because there were plenty along the way. But I, I'm with Dan. Like, all those changes, they have to come. Well, you'd start with the coach. I mean, get the coach out of there. And yeah. you're pretty well set. You don't really have a talent issue. Dan laid it out with the pro bowlers, the all pros, and everything else. You can win with Dak Prescott. You can win with this team. You can't win with Mike McCarthy. He's shown you that. He's not going to outcoach good coaches. He is not going to have his team in a situation where they are going to be able to overcome any sort of disadvantage on the other side. The Cowboys didn't beat anybody this year, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're so quick to point out that the Miami Dolphins couldn't beat anybody. Dallas didn't beat anybody. Dallas has one respectable win on its schedule. It was a late-season win over Philadelphia, and Philadelphia turned out to be, eh. I mean, it's a win. It's a good, decent win. It's not like it's some elite win. You know, I didn't watch you go to Baltimore and win. I didn't watch you go to San Francisco and win. I didn't watch you take out any of the big dogs. I think this all comes down to making a change at coach. The, the, what Jerry Jones has to realize is that 
the quarterback and the coach combination he currently has is never going to work because the coach can't cover up for the quarterback's deficiencies and the quarterback can't cover up for the coach's deficiencies. That's what a great quarterback-coach relationship looks like. It's easy to point out Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It's the gold standard. It's impossible to replicate. But keep in mind, Andy Reid used to have a serious problem with game management issues, especially with his timeouts. He doesn't have that anymore because Mahomes covers up for that. Tua Tungavailoa used to have a serious problem in terms of whether or not he could even play in the NFL. Then Mike McDaniel showed up, and Tua suddenly got into the MVP race. Is he a great quarterback? No. But the coach made him better. And in a lot of situations, the player can help make the coach look better. This is a situation where that doesn't happen. McCarthy can't make Prescott look better, and Prescott can't bail out McCarthy. So someone has to go. And if someone's going to go, McCarthy's the obvious candidate because it's going to be much easier to replace him than it's going to be to replace Dak. Look, easier? Yes. Can you definitively win with Dak? I don't know about that. First of all, I want to hear from Dak on the coach, and you know that he's going to go and step up for his guy. Yeah, he's been amazing. I, I don't know how they can be, but I understand the business. In, in that case, it should be about me as well, honestly. I mean, that, that guy, I've had the season that I've had because of him. We, this team's had the success that they've had because of him. I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl, and that, that's the standard of the league and damn sure the standard of this place. So I get it, but add me to the list in that case. No, you were already on the list, dude. You were already on the list, and now your name is in bold. And that's, that's what I want to go back to, something you said. You can win with Dak Prescott. Can you? Can you do that in the postseason? We don't know that. He's 2-5. and five. That performance yesterday was unfathomable for somebody that has been in his position here for as long as he's been in the league. That is a defense that he is facing, Joe, that is not like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. That was a defense that was average at best for the majority of the season. And that quarterback went out there and handed 14 points to the other team in the first half of the game to make it 27 to nothing. I mean, the first interception, all right, we want to give Jair, Jair Alexander credit for making a good play. Sure. He was better than Brandon Cooks on that play. He was. He, he beat Cooks to the ball, and Cooks is the one who knows where the ball's going. Cooks he, could have made a play on that ball. But he didn't, and Dak put it also – it was in a position to get intercepted too because he was able to come up and do that. Like, that was not in a position where only one guy can make the catch, and then the other one, the Savage, is inexcusable on so many levels. Yeah. So, for me, I have to question the quarterback, and I know what the numbers say financially. Yeah, it's a big cap hit this year if you're going to move on from him. But you have to figure out now, and, and we thought the – I feel suckered because I thought the question was answered, and it's not. Whether or not this franchise can win a Super Bowl with him as their quarterback, I don't think that's that's defined at all as a yes. I would go ahead and take a shot on that with a competent head coach. That's what I would do. I'd be more if willing I had to Belichick try that. to this next year. Are the are the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl? I'm, I'm, or are well, they winning they a Super chance? Bowl? I think they're in a much better situation. Yeah. I think if Vrabel comes in there in a better situation, I think if Harbaugh comes in there in a better situation, we're we're going to point the finger at Dak and he deserves blame. But where is he on the blame list? Like McCarthy's at the top. They it's weren't prepared. There. And Dan Quinn was miserable yesterday, dropping mm. Micah Parsons in the coverage on third down. Why? How about this? 
Why not drop me in the coverage on third down? I could have done that for you too because he and I in dropping in the coverage, I'm sure we're going to give you the same result, which is not rushing the passer, which I'm not good at, but he's elite at. Dan Quinn's defense gave up 48 points in that game. They gave up 415 total yards. Dallas's defense sucked yesterday. They were awful. Prescott deserves blame, but he's like, fourth or fifth on the list. You start with McCarthy, and if you want to start with Jerry, you can start with him because he's the architect of all this. But McCarthy's at the top, and Quinn comes next because that defense couldn't do anything. That first drive was a no-pride drive for the Dallas Cowboys. Green Bay came up and took seven and a half minutes off the clock on your home field, marching down on you methodically before capping it off with the touchdown. You did Nothing. You'd have been much better off letting them score on the first play of the game so you at least could have gotten your offense out there with 14 and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Instead, one-eighth of the game is gone, and you're down 7 nothing. Quinn was awful yesterday. Yes, he was. There are plenty of culprits, okay? Quinn's probably going to be gone if he's still getting the Seahawks job. He's going to get a promotion. He's going to fall into a promotion with that performance. Welcome to the NFL. It's unfathomable that you're giving up 50 and lose, and and you're walking into another head coaching job. But why is he going to do it? Because he was already lined up and the Seahawks are going to say, well, we're not going to blow that off off of one game. I can look at the history, though, of Prescott, and I can absolutely wonder about where that's headed. Like, Jerry didn't want to pay Prescott to begin with. How does he feel about paying him again right now? Okay, so let and, me and just sadly, ask you this. it might be it might be his only choice though, because financially, if you're going to make this work, you all of a sudden have to change things up there and give him an extension. So now it, you know, you can not take a massive cap hit this coming year. All right, so let's do this. Let's say um, if we remove McCarthy, we have candidates in Harbaugh, Vrabel, Pete Carroll, uh, Johnson, the offensive coordinator from Detroit. There's one I'm leaving out, Belichick. We have all those candidates. What are the candidates we have to replace Dak Prescott? Listen, I understand that. Well, hold I'm on. Say- hold on. I need an answer. You can't say he's got to go and then not give me the answer. That's the I'm easiest saying, thing to do on earth. Fire uh, everyone but offer yeah, no solutions. I understand. I'm not saying Dak's got to go right now because financially I can't do that. What I have to do is, am I going to hand him the money long term again? Am I going to get rid of him after this coming year? How am I going to handle it? I'm stuck. For the moment, I'm stuck. It's easy to sit here and say that, and I understand it. But I, my point is, is there anybody on God's green earth who can fix that? Because I don't think it's something that's terribly fixable. When a guy does that in the postseason and turns a game into the long goodbye as he did for his fans, because those fans at 20 to nothing, really at 14 to nothing, knew it was over and knew they were going to be sitting there for the entirety of the three and a half hours watching that, hoping – against hope that there would be a little something that would come their way that would, you know, spark a miraculous comeback, but it was never coming. And the quarterback was just as big of a problem with it as as the other guys are. Those guys are easy to get rid of. This guy's not, at least in the short term. So I, I say, yes, there's not a replacement for him immediately. But boy, as far as what he has to prove it, there's really one more year and that's it. I mean, otherwise, what what could I possibly think? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-ESPN is the number to call. And, of course, we have got more 
Super Wild Card Weekend coverage all day today. You got the Steelers and Bills later on this afternoon from Buffalo, and then on ESPN and ABC and ESPN2 tonight, you have got the Eagles and the Buccaneers. A little over an hour from now, Joe Buck, who will be on the call of that game, will be joining us. Now, there was another huge, embarrassing failure. And what else would we enjoy more than that that we saw over the weekend? Next, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Enough is enough! I have had it with these takes on this plane. Everybody strap in. This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. We had four over the weekend, and we're going to go through them all in rapid-fire fashion right now. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, for a little takeoff. Quick takes on each NFL wildcard weekend playoff game. Let's get to it. Packers 48. Cowboys 32. We have been through this, and we cannot talk about it enough. The fact that the Cowboys had their absolute doors blown off. There is no excuse for a horrible performance. Joe, I just want to start with the head coach because he could not be more wrong in the last thing that he says here. You know, just express the, the reality of where we are. I mean, this, 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 is a, this is a hurtful loss. We put ourselves in position to play a home playoff game. You know, it was a great, we had a great opportunity. Felt really good about the week of preparation. Thought we matched up well. You know, we didn't, we, didn't, we clearly picked a, 
picked the wrong day uh, to have a bad day. No, no, Mike, not a bad day. Your team was unprepared to play. I don't know what hopeful loss means, but, Joe, in every way, that was a team that was not ready to go in a postseason game. Fireable. Here's what highlights the cluelessness of the situation and why McCarthy, Jerry Jones, and the rest of them don't understand process over results. They don't even understand their process. McCarthy said right there, we put ourselves in position to host a playoff game. No, you didn't. The Eagles lost a bunch of games down the stretch and gave it to you. You didn't go out and earn it. You weren't good enough to earn it. The Eagles were bad enough to give it to you. That's the wrong. That's the mindset there. They still think they're this great team that just had a bad game. You're not. You're a good team who didn't play well when it mattered. That's what it is. And right now, they have a ton of questions that they have to answer, not just around the head coach, but around a lot of things. The defensive coordinator, we've been through it all. This is going to be a really long offseason for the Cowboys, but they are used to long offseasons. Lions 24, Rams 23. Uh, Joe, we feel good for Detroit, and we also look at Sean McVay, and if I were the Lions, I would thank him for some of the gifts he gave them. Detroit, stand up, man. Huge win. You paid off the season. You won the division. I don't know how many people think you have a shot at winning the Super Bowl, but you didn't want to get into the playoffs and flame out. And you went out and you handled some great business against a guy like Matthew Stafford and a good Rams team. And now you get to host another playoff game. It's either the Bucs or the Eagles next week, and both those games are winnable for you. You could be in the NFC Championship game. How great is that? As to your point on the Rams, I don't know how much more I need to do on that today. McVay, listen, you can draw up an offense, you can call an offense, you can build a culture, you can win a lot of games. You're a fantastic head coach. You're lousy when it comes to game management, and you proved it again yesterday. You got to understand how to use timeouts. You can't be punting the ball late and trusting your defense when we all know your defense couldn't be trusted. Huge mistakes. He managed them out of that game yesterday. And Dan Campbell in the locker room last night threw the ball to Jared Goff, and he said, you're good enough for Blanken Detroit. Here is Jared Goff. It was about us. It was not about them. It was not about me. It was not about my history there. It wasn't about anyone on their team or any coaches. It was, it was about us. It was about the 53 in this locker room, our coaches, and this organization getting a playoff win in front of our home crowd. But it still had to feel pretty good for him. Without question, man. That dude's been a punching bag for years. Even when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, everyone kept saying, well, he's the reason they lost it. They'd be so much better without him. And then they bring in Stafford and they win one and everyone laughs at him naturally. It's kind of like he and Detroit. They're like a match made in heaven. They're just easy to kick around. And now they're showing everyone shoes on the other foot this year. Yeah, he's been a punching bag since he didn't know that the sun rised and arose in the east. Yeah, that's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Chiefs 26, Dolphins 7. Uh, I knew that game was over when Tyreek Hill, at the very beginning of the game, looked over to somebody and said, somebody get me a damn jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was a rough, rough night for Tua and the boys trying to play in that kind of weather. To the dudes who showed up with no shirts on, bravo. I would love to know how you're feeling today. Yeah. I'd love to know how you were feeling yesterday. For the Dolphins, eh, that was your season. I still think it was a pretty good season. Mike McDaniel came in. He won, what, nine games last year. He won 11 games this year. They've been in the playoffs two years in a row. I think you give him some leeway. You let him build some things up. He's got some stuff going on. Next year, obviously, there's going to be more pressure. But I think if there's one thing we learned, without a shadow of a doubt, like two is not the guy. Tua is not the guy. 
You can give him weapons. You can give him good coaching. He just isn't capable of making big plays in big spots. Hanging 50 or hanging a 50-point win against the Broncos, sure, he can do that. When, the, when, when everything's set up perfectly for him, he's going to be able to play fine. But when the going gets tough, he's not one of those guys that can, that can elevate his game. And we saw that in that matchup against KC. And here he is after the game asked about the pressure of heading into the final year of that contract. I don't feel any pressure at all. I, I, I have full trust in, in myself. I have full trust in, you know, what, what I'm, I'm capable of doing for our organization. But outside of that, we're focusing on tonight and what happened. You know, we're, we're going to simmer on this, see what we can do to get better from it uh, going into next year. Listen, as we said last week, uh, with all the injuries, this was a chance for the Dolphins to kind of um, – at least change the perception of their season, which was still horrible. Uh, and to me at the end, I, yeah, so you could talk about them taking a step forward and their injuries and all that. The Dolphins at the end of the season just lost some unconscionable games that they just cannot lose and, and not play in. And you're right, Tua is not the guy. It becomes interesting how they try to handle that problem, though, moving forward. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, then. This was the old rocking chair game for Mr. Fortinbaugh. Texans 45, Browns 14. Give him his uh, roses. Give him his flowers because he was all over this. I believed in my partner. I financially backed him, so to speak, uh, at least for my own personal game uh, on Saturday. (laughs) And I have to tell you, when I looked up and I see Joe Flacco leading the team down the field 24-14, I'm like, ah, it's just going to be tight game, and then all of a sudden he gets hit and throws up a wild one and back-to-back pick sixes, and we are off and running. Flip it off, and we're good to go, Joe. This this Houston story is incredible. Like, as you stand around as the Dallas Cowboys wondering, what do we do? What do we do? Like, that team right there just went in and won a playoff game. Like, that's it. Dallas couldn't do it. Miami couldn't do it. So many other teams can't figure this stuff out, and we wonder whether or not you bring guys back and whether or not you're good enough. Houston, who was a laughing stock, and oh, by the way, I believe they were one of the two favorites to have the most losses in the NFL this year, Yep. won the division, hosted the Browns in the playoffs, kicked the crap out of them, and now most likely go to Baltimore next week, assuming the Bills beat the Steelers today. This story, C.J. Stroud, this story, D'Amico Ryans, this story, the Houston Texans, it's one of the best in football because they're fun to watch, man. That was a fun performance. Taking all of the financial aspects of this out of the way, this may be an obvious answer, but I still am curious based on our last discussion moments ago. Right now, C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott. Oh, C.J. Stroud. Yep. C.J. Stroud. Yep. Without question. I like Prescott, I think, can win in the playoffs for sure, but I, I've only seen a little of Stroud, and I'd have to imagine it's not a fluke. I think it can only go up. I don't know if Prescott can go higher, and he's been pretty good. If Stroud gets better than what we're already seeing, plus the leadership component. Like, this dude this dude has shown up and won some big games. That Cincinnati game earlier in the year was a big win on the road. Yep. That was Absolutely. against Burrow. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. The one question the Cowboys need to be asking when it comes to Mike McCarthy, and it is not the one that you are thinking. I promise you that. It's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's one of the worst playoff games the Cowboys have ever played. And exactly where it ranks on your own personal uh, playoff disappointment list is up to you to decide. Very disappointed. I don't think anybody saw this coming. It seems like the most painful cause. We all had such great expectation and we had hope for this team. (laughs) That's a tough one, but I love it from Brad Sham on the Cowboys broadcast because you can feel the emotion that he has in saying where this ranks on the particular list of cowboy disappointments well that's up to you to decide (laughs) it was almost just a a complete resignation to what a nightmare yesterday was as the cowboys are now 5 and 13 in the playoffs since their last nfc championship game in 1995 and joe they have now gone one and done eight times during that stretch if it ain't broke don't fix it that's coming from an eagle fan and i'm sure (laughs) giants fans and commanders fans agree that's the situation we're in today like if your chief enemy rivals all want you to keep mike mccarthy and you keep mike mccarthy don't get upset when these results continue to occur every single year it should be terrifying to dallas ownership that every schmuck in the country with a microphone can call out these playoff flameouts a year in advance, except for them. Like, it's that it's that predictable, and yet they don't seem to see any issues there. Like, they yeah. have an issue with the result, but going into the process, they're like, no, the process is good, we're fine, this is our coach, it's going to be our year. And then you flame out, and it's like, we all told you this was coming, everyone knew it was going to happen, and yet, for some reason, the only people who thought it wouldn't happen were the actual decision makers. It's unbelievable that you would continue to see 
the same thing happen from a history perspective and not believe something there would change. So if you're another organization right now that is looking for a head coach, I ask you this question, Joe. Mike McCarthy got fired today. Is he getting another job? I'm gonna, I am gonna. want to throw these numbers at you real quick, okay? Since the Super Bowl championship that he won with Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy as a head coach during the regular season is 119 and 70. That's a winning percentage of 63%. That would be top 10 all-time. We're talking about during a 12-year period, right? In the playoffs, he is 6-9 and nine since and has not gotten back to the Super Bowl again. If you're looking at all of that, are you ignoring the playoff numbers and saying this guy wins? Is he getting a third crack at being a head coach if he gets fired today? Yes, if you are a dumpster fire of an organization looking to take a few steps forward. Carolina is one of those organizations. The Jets have a head coach. The Jets already have a head coach. But the thing with McCarthy is he's just not a closer. Like, he's going to take so much heat today, but he's pretty good in the regular season. If he's got talent around him, he can win a bunch of games. And if you're looking to build a program, he can build a program. But then you eventually have to move on from him and bring in someone who can close. He is not a closer. He does not drink coffee. He probably he probably does drink coffee, but he should not be drinking coffee. He doesn't coffee. deserve coffee. He doesn't deserve the coffee, right? right. He has become, and I, I don't want to disparage him because the guys who played under this guy love him. He's very well liked. But I think the analogy is close. He's kind of the modern-day Marty Schottenheimer. Yep. Like, Marty Absolutely. won a lot of games in the regular season. I believe Marty went 14-2 and with that loaded San Diego Chargers team. He did. Immediately flamed out of the playoffs, and the Spanos family said, you know what, enough's enough here. We need someone who can win with this team in the postseason. Enter Norv Turner. Say what you want about Norv. They immediately went to the AFC Championship game. And they lost to the Patriots in Foxborough, but LT couldn't play, and Phillip Rivers was trying to play on, like, a torn MCL, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they were all banged up. The thing is, some coaches aren't built to close, but they're still relatively good coaches in other regards. McCarthy's a guy who can build up a program. That's why he might get the very rare, very rare third swing. Because John Fox is like the last guy to get it, and he didn't deserve it. It didn't go well in Chicago. McCarthy could get a third swing, but not from an established team looking to get over the hump. He would get it from a team that's down on their luck that he could build up a little bit. Mike McCarthy, next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Well, we we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier in the pre-show, so we might as well float it here. I think Greg Olson has done a remarkable job as an analyst on the broadcast he, yeah. He's he's great. He is absolutely great. But it was so bizarre late in the second half of that game yesterday when he was talking about, A, you know, he didn't think McCarthy should be fired, which is okay. That part, you know, if you think he should stay for another swing, I don't think that's the end of the world. But then, B, he kept saying the manner in which he judges that is that if McCarthy were available, how many teams would go after him? And if you have a lot of teams that want to go after him, you should keep him. I don't think a lot of teams would want to go after him. Like, we're talking about a coaching cycle with Harbaugh and Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. How many teams are going to be banging on the door for Mike McCarthy? I just found that to be very odd that Olsen was making that case late in the second half. I'll, I'll respect the opinion because I think he's tremendous at his job. I just found it I just found it odd, if that's fair to say. Uh, yeah, and look, Olsen played for Carolina. Maybe he's thinking kind of along those lines. But when I look at 
the group that you just mentioned, all the other coaches, Belichick and Harbaugh and Vrabel, if I add McCarthy to that group, it feels like what doesn't belong here? Like Mike McCarthy's not in that group. One of these things is not like the other. Exactly. So if I were a Carolina Panthers fan, if I were an Atlanta Falcons fan, if I were a Chargers fan, if I were a Raider fan, and my team went out and hired Mike McCarthy if he got fired, nothing about that excites me. I think Raiders fans would much rather have see what they have in Antonio Pierce. I totally agree. I think they'd much rather go down that runway than bring in McCarthy. Listen, I'm with you. They would much rather check out Antonio Pierce. A- Pierce, 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's hit Brock next on ESPN Radio. Get a couple of calls in here. Brock, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, so this is not uh, defending uh, McCarthy saying he should stay, right? But I will I will say this. I don't think there's as much of a, a reasonable expectation for a fix as people think there is with Jerry Jones being the way he is, right? Belichick and Pete Carroll, they're CEO-style coaches. They're not store manager-style coaches. At their age and their point in their career, I cannot see them wanting to deal with Jerry Jones. Uh, Vrabel, uh, all reports say he had issues with his previous CEO over control. He's an alpha CEO-style. I don't think it's going to be him either. And Harbaugh is the big fish. Everybody wants him. So why would he subject himself to someone like Jerry Jones when he doesn't have to do that probably somewhere else? Let me ask you something, though. If you're Jim Harbaugh and you bring the Dallas Cowboys back to prominence for a guy that has been dying to win the Super Bowl again from all accounts, uh, that is a place that I would absolutely think about going because that elevates you on a whole nother level if you do it with the Cowboys after 30 years of futility. I mean, Caller drop off? Uh, yes, he did. I just figured you were giving him a chance to respond. Yeah, I mean, no, Harbaugh was... just restored Michigan. This is similar in terms of branding, yeah. right? I want to throw something out there. Evan pitched this earlier today. Evan, you got your microphone. I want you to bring this on because I thought this was really smart of you, and I want to see what Carlin has to say because I don't think he had a chance to hear it. The idea of going after Belichick, a lot of people will say, like that caller did, CEO-style coach might not mesh well with Jerry. Why could Jerry be interested in that? Because in 15 wins, Bill Belichick will be the all-time winningest coach in the history of the NFL, and I don't think uh, I think Jerry Jones is willing to give up everything else to watch that ceremony happen at Jerry's world. Remember, when the Yankees gave A Rod his second 10-year contract, part of it was they wanted A Rod to break the all-time home run record. In a Yankee uniform. Babe Ruth had the record. Then Hank Aaron got it. The Yankees wanted that record back with the Yankees. I bet Jerry Jones wants that record as part of Cowboy lore. He'll hang a banner for Bill Belichick with his all-time wins record. And there will be a star next to it. How about that take? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just don't agree with it. Because I think a lot of what the Yankees did when it came to A-Rod had to do with financials there, that they felt like they were going to make a ton of marketing money off of that. Is that going to make a ton of marketing money for the Cowboys? Yes, 100%. Well, okay, let's let's do this. Let's forget about the analogy and let's say it doesn't make a ton of marketing money. What does that matter for Jerry? He's already rich. The idea of, remember, the two power player owners are Jerry and Bob Kraft. Yeah. Imagine the idea of taking Bobby's guy. He sets the record. Beats Don that's Shula. different. That listen, that's as a cowboy something, head coach. Yeah, that's something. If you want to stick it to Bob, I think it's more about personal animus. <laughs> sure.
sure. Absolutely. If you're going to get more joy out of that. Well, think about I, how he manages the team now. He's unwilling yeah. to bring in a coach that's actually going to win in the playoffs. He needs a guy he can keep under the thumb. Why wouldn't this be part of the decision-making process? Yeah. I, I We're just, giving him too much credit for being rational in one situation and being completely irrational in the other. Now you're being ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> this is where Jerry draws the line. This is where he draws the line. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by <laughs> Progressive Insurance. We have got so much more to come. Joe Buck, who will be calling the Eagles and Bucks, joins us about 45 minutes from now. Carlin versus Joe, as we said, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They're going to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Is A.J. Brown about to witness his uh, second TKO in his many days? (laughs) That's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Couple plays for you in NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Little upstart project that this National Football League is hoping will take off. We'll go in chronological order. Let's go Bill Steelers under 38 and a half points. When it looked like the game was going to be played in horrific weather yesterday, total was around 34, 34 and a half. Then it bumped up with the postponement. Still going to be cold, still going to be somewhat snowy. Field's going to be cleared, but you got to remember, Pittsburgh wants to run the ball in this game to take the pressure off of Mason Rudolph. I think they end up playing from behind, and when they do, Rudolph's going to have to throw, and I don't think they're going to have a lot of success. As it pertains to the Bills, they've been winning a lot lately, but since the Week 13 bye, they've become much more run-heavy, and Josh Allen's completing fewer than 60% of his passes. I think it's a lower-scoring game. Bills Steelers under 38 and a half. Similar for Eagles Tampa Bay. Let's go under 43 and a half. On the Eagles side of the ball, there's no A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts has an injury to a finger on his throwing hand. The offense has been struggling. Tampa Bay's defense is solid against the run. And for Tampa Bay's offense, Baker Mayfield's playing banged up. They went three quarters two weeks ago against the Saints in which they were scoreless. They only scored nine points last week against Carolina. It's an offense that's been struggling. So I'm going to go under 43 and a half. Bucks Eagles under 38 and a half Steelers Bills. A couple of things to follow that up real quick just a reminder. Day betting alert. That's right. That's exactly what this Day is. Day betting alert. Yes sir. And, and then Joseph to follow up, I'll give you a little weather forecast for Tampa tonight as well. 
Got thunderstorms in the forecast. Nothing new for the great state of Florida. Nothing new. <laughs> but it might play in a little bit more to your under thought process. The Steelers are getting ready for a wild card matchup against the Bills. Josh Allen is an elite, talented quarterback, but the turnovers are an issue. If this is a close game in the fourth quarter, I can see the Bills tightening up. The Steelers have officially ruled out T.J. Watt. They are 1-10 in games they've played without him. Pittsburgh currently a 10-point underdog, the largest of any team this weekend. Well, as we know, this game was supposed to be played yesterday, but it got moved to this afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time because of the horrendous weather that was up in Buffalo. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I I love the people who on social media, first of all, Joe, who were just saying, oh, this isn't that bad. You could go play out in this. What are they doing? We've seen worse before. You couldn't see the field yesterday. You couldn't see the stadium. Oh my you couldn't God. see the stadium. They tried to show the stadium. It was just a white picture. It was a white <laughs> picture. And not only could you maybe eventually start to see that they were clearing the field, there were tons of snow in the stands. There'd yeah. be nowhere to sit. It was completely covered. Even right now, they're trying to clear it out. The stands aren't even cleared yet. And they've done an amazing job on the field. The field looks terrific at Highmark Stadium right now, completely clear. And that has got to be exceptionally difficult to do. Uh, that has got to be got to be exceptionally difficult to do. Joe, nothing has really changed for me in this. Um, I think this is going to be you know, anywhere from a 10-point to a two-touchdown game. But we took the 10 points in the ESPN Radio Challenge the other day because for whatever reason, you can see Pittsburgh getting a lot of points in a game that you don't expect to be an overly high-scoring game, as you just detailed a moment ago. That is not the worst play in the world strategically. I don't know that I see the Steelers losing this game by four touchdowns, there is a little part of me it has gotten smaller over the last week that could see them upsetting Buffalo, but that has a whole lot more to do with Buffalo getting snug in a tight game more than anything else. Here's what needs to happen for the Steelers. And being without TJ Watt is absolutely brutal. Cause when yeah. you look at the with TJ Watt versus without TJ Watt stats, it's, it's like with Peyton Manning versus without Peyton Manning for the Colts. It is really drastic. So with that said, Pittsburgh has to come out and they have to do with what's worked for them over the last three weeks of the season. Run the ball early, run the ball often, keep Mason Rudolph in manageable situations, grind the clock, and hope that you put yourself in a position where you can make one key play late in the game and then steal it and get the hell out of there on the first plane as fast as humanly possible. That's it. Because if you're thinking about engaging in a shootout, nope. If you're thinking about having Mason Rudolph throw the ball all over the yard, nope. If you're thinking you're just going to completely come in defensively without Watt and shut down Allen, James Cook, and the rest of the offense, nope. You need to muck this thing up. This needs to be old-school Steeler football. You need to win in the trenches. Najee Harris needs 25-plus carries, and you need to grind this thing to the ground. I don't necessarily see that happening because if I'm the Bills, I'm just stacking the box and saying, you know what, if we're going to lose this game, it's going to be because Mason Rudolph has the game of his life in a hostile environment with horrible weather. Good luck. Yeah, and the weather right now, I mean, there still are gusts of wind that are going to be in the teens and the temperatures uh, like 
19, 20 degrees in Buffalo right now. It's not like what we saw the other night, but it's not going to be good. And that that pretty much simplifies it to me. Mason Rudolph, you want to beat us, go beat us. Yeah, that's what you got to think, right? Like if you're sitting back in nickel and dime and you're letting Najee Harris carry the ball five yards at a clip 25 times tonight, you're in trouble. Like you're going to yeah. be in trouble because that's what's worse last worked the last few weeks. Look at the Baltimore game in the rain last week. Go back two weeks ago in Seattle against the Seahawks. Najee had a huge day, huge day. Cut that off. Make him play left-handed. Mason Rudolph is not a starter in the NFL, so prove it. Go out and show the Steelers that they got the wrong guy under center. Tonight, you got the Eagles and Bucks. Of course, that game is on ESPN and ESPN two, uh, as well as uh, on ESPN Plus and ABC. And Joe. Um, no A.J. Brown for this game has officially been ruled out. Uh, did go out and check out a fight in Atlantic City over the weekend. I'm not going to get on him too much about that. I, I kind of stopped getting caring about what guys are doing in their personal time when they're injured. That doesn't bother me as much, but it does make me think uh, the fact that he's not going to be playing. It's yet another reason to love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. Loving the Buccaneers is a little it, – it's going to be tough because Mayfield's been playing banged up. And if you look yeah. at the last two weeks, you go back two weeks ago in that matchup against the Saints, they were scoreless for three quarters. Last week against Carolina, they scored nine points against the Buccaneers, right? So is Mayfield healthy enough to generate more offense, or is this game going to be an absolute grind? I think it's going to be a grind. It's one of the reasons I like the, the under here. Tampa's very good stopping the run which is something Philly has to do tonight. Jalen Hurts has an injury to the finger on his throwing hand. He's not going to be a great thrower tonight. And you take A.J. Brown away, like what's left? So this Eagle team might have to win with the defense. Oh, that should be fun under Matt Patricia, who's been awful since he took over. Pride game for Philadelphia tonight. We'll see if they're made of anything. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. About a half hour from now, Joe Buck, who, of course, will be calling that game tonight on ESPN, will join us to preview that matchup. And uh, you got Ray Lewis on the Manning cast later on tonight, along with Bruce Arians as well, the former head coach of the Buccaneers. So we got you covered pillar to post on that game on the Steelers and Bills later on this afternoon. <sighs> Joseph, in just moments, we will take a look back at what went wrong with the Cowboys and what is to come with the head coach. Answer soon. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.